0: He literally probably could have made up for the fact that he, you know, dropped the ball or whatever you want to call it in the end zone there. If with, you know, recovering the fumble. You know, he could have totally made up for it. And instead he just chose not to do anything at all.
1: Yeah. I mean, if you're pissed, like if you're one of the leaders of the team and you're pissed about the play before, why don't you knock DJ Turner's head off on the block on the third and two run play that's called? You know what I mean? Like don't don't just you don't take a play off. That's not that's not football. That's definitely not Steelers football. That's not I mean what, what really gets to me is that Mike Tomlin has addressed the uh, effort issues already, right? He's, he's addressed it. I don't know if Deontay was too busy getting his hamstring massaged or something, Allison, but Tomlin has already addressed <laughs> this, right? This was a thing with the Steelers earlier this year. They, they, he talked about how the effort had to improve. And it was going to be unacceptable. And I just think if Deontay Johnson was a lesser player, he'd probably be cut right now. Welcome in to the Steelers Wire podcast. Ryan O'Leary here playing host. Pleased to be joined once again by Allison Kohler, longtime contributing writer for USA Today's Steelers Wire. This podcast is available on whatever platform you love the most, including Apple, Spotify, and Google. So rate, review, and if you haven't already, subscribe. That's the best way you can support our little show here, and we do appreciate you all. Allison, great to have you back on here.
0: Thanks for having me. It's great to be back on.
1: Yeah, it's great to hear your voice again. Uh, not that I don't love Kurt Popejoy's voice, but it's great to hear your <laughs> voice, and we appreciate your takes. And I want to jump right in and get your takes on Deontay Johnson because he. All right,
0: let's do it.
1: He, he put a live rep on tape, Allison. That would get lesser players cut, right? So why don't you just? I've got plenty of thoughts on this. Let me let's get yours right off the bat. What do you think about the whole Deontay Johnson situation, the play, his reaction, all of it?
0: Yeah, what's interesting is you know this isn't his first time, like kind of being, you know, what, what we just described as lazy, you know, he's, he seems to give up on plays from time to time. And this is just, you know, another one of those unfortunate situations, but I think what kills it the most is that they were in the, they were in the red zone. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like they were gonna, you know, they were very close to scoring and the way the run game had been going You know what I mean? Like they were more than likely, you know, going to find pay dirt. And, uh, you know, unfortunately with the Jalen Warren fumble, it was his third of his career, uh, second of the season. That was unfortunate. But it's just one of those situations where he needs to just step up. I mean, he was closest to the ball. You know, he says he was blocking and he wasn't even really – he wasn't even blocking. I don't even know exactly. His head was still stuck in the previous play which was the no, was which was the no catch you know it didn't survive the ground situation
1: oh that's totally it right and and that's that's my main beef with the play is that it was just him being childish right it was him not getting over the play before that's exactly right he let the bengal what, what is that what are their backup quarters there number 20 dj Tur- turner wrestle the ball away right. from him uh, unable to complete the catch ref immediately called it incomplete johnson was pissed about that I get it. Touchdowns have not come easy to him, so he was pissed. But that's that's the first layer to the play. The second layer is he didn't he didn't block. Like he was still pouting. It's third and two. Uh, to your point, Allison, on the 15 yard line, right? They're on the 15 yard line. It's third and two. The Steelers call a run play to Johnson's side of the field, and he didn't block. He just walked up to the defender and didn't even put his arms on him. He didn't do anything. He was pouting. Uh so
0: yeah, he totally was pouting. He's he's kind of a he's really immature and it's it's unfortunate because he's such a great talent. You know, it just seemed like he had there was a moment there where he literally probably could have made up for the fact that he, you know, dropped the ball or whatever you want to call it in the end zone there if with, you know, recovering the fumble. You know, he could have totally made up for it and instead he just chose not to do anything at all.
1: Yeah. I mean, if you're pissed, like if you're one of the leaders of the team and you're pissed about the play before, why don't you knock DJ Turner's head off on the block on the third and two run play? That's called, you know what I mean? Like, don't, don't just, you don't take a play off. That's not, that's not football. That's definitely not Steelers football. That's not, I mean, what, what really gets to me is that Mike Tomlin has addressed the uh, effort issues already, right? He's, he's addressed it. I don't know if. Deontay was too busy getting his hamstring massaged or something, Allison. But Tomlin has already <laughs> addressed this. Right, this was a thing with the Steelers earlier this year. They, they he talked about how the effort had to improve and it was going to be unacceptable. And I just think if Deontay Johnson was a lesser player, he'd probably be cut right now. Obviously, that's not going to happen. To your point, he's way too talented. Right. Talent wise, would you say he's a top five player on the entire roster? Never mind the offense.
0: Without a doubt, without a doubt. I mean, the the ability of this guy, I mean, he's, he's, he can, he can, when he puts it all together, he's fantastic, you know? And, it, and it's just one of those situations where, you know, even the ground, you know, that touchdown, I still feel like, and I said it during the game, they should have called it a, they should have called it a touchdown and had maybe the Bengals because it, it seems like they should do that, right? Like when it, when it's something like that, when it's that close, I thought that it was sort of one of those things where they would call it a, you know, call it a touchdown and then have the have it reviewed by, you know, the, the Bengals if, if they wanted to or whatever. But I don't know. It's still looking back on it sort of on the same subject with the challenge with Tomlin. It's, you know, the, the announcers were saying, oh, was it, it was a touchdown. Like it totally should have been a touchdown, and and Tomlin, you know, he does he can be challenge happy sometimes, and he doesn't have the best, you know, he doesn't have the best record when it comes to the winning challenges. A lot of
1: coaches don't. But at
0: the same time, it's like, man, why didn't they, why didn't they just call it a touchdown and then, you know, the Bengals review it? But um, whatever, it is what it is, right? At this
1: point, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean, and the, the to the ref's credit, he was decisive, right? He came right in there and called it incomplete. That's probably why. The Steelers didn't take a harder look at it, but I mean, uh, this is one where you know what the Steelers are going to do, right? Tomlin is going to handle this internally. He's going to sweep it under the rug. We know Deontay Johnson's already addressed the team. He's promising this will never happen again. Let me just get your take on this, Allison, right? Like you have to wonder if the team will at least explore an exit plan from this player. Obviously not right now. They're not going to bench him for the season. They're not going to cut him or anything like that. It's not happening. Deontay Johnson. They have too much invested in him. He's too good a player, too talented. But maybe, like you said, it's not his first time. He has not produced a ton of touchdowns for this team. It's been a big problem for him. He can't get in the end zone. He's snake bitten or whatever. He's had attitude issues. Mm-hmm. He's been benched before. Uh, drops have plagued him. Right, and there's just something about his game. I love his route running. He gets open. The Steelers need him. Uh, he, he definitely helps them. It, it was a. I thought their offense for if you want to call the. If you want to call it a boost with the way the Steelers play offense these days, fine. But when he came back from the hamstring injury, there was a little bit of a boost there, right? Uh, to the passing game. For sure. But, no question. But there's something about Deontay. He catches the ball and he kind of goes horizontal or sometimes he bounces backwards. You know what I mean? Like there's something to his game. I don't know if I, I don't want to go overboard and hyperbolize it and call him soft, but there's just a, an element to his game that to me, is off-putting at times. I just like him to catch the ball and go gain yards because he's always open. Uh, And I don't know. Yeah, it it seems like he's afraid of being... Yeah, go ahead. It
0: seems like maybe he's concerned with being tackled because it it did seem in the Bengals game where, you know, he he caught the ball and he kind of, yeah, he went... He was avoiding a tackle, which, you know, uh, okay. (laughs) But, I mean, as a wide receiver, when you catch the ball, that shouldn't really be... You you know you want to get through that tackle, but you, it shouldn't be a concern in terms of like oh I don't want to get a hit. You know what I mean? Like it's exactly. not. Like what is that?
1: <laughs> no, I agree a hundred percent. Like I I just I love my tough nose receivers, and I think you know steel the Steelers have had a ton of them over the years. Like Heinz Ward and Juju Smith Schuster did a lot of that, like the tough stuff over the middle. Like I I love that kind of stuff. Deontay could be that kind of guy. He just doesn't want to. <laughs> so. Uh, yeah, it's, do you think the Steelers would move on from the player, Allison? Do you think they could reach their tipping point in the off season?
0: It's definitely possible. You know what I mean? He only has one year left on his contract after this year, about 6 million in dead money. They, they would, uh, well, actually, you know what? That's if they cut him. I'm kind of looking at his, um, I mean, he definitely has some trade value, right? I mean, you know, and, and the Steelers could be looking at a, you know, looking at a top receiver in the draft. You know, so I would say definitely if they can replace him either with a veteran, you know what I mean? Or or in the trip, you know, in the in the draft, it would have to be a top guy because, I mean, his uh, when he is on, he's really on, you know, and he's he's a great route runner.
1: You think you could just move him? Allison promote George Pickens to wide receiver one and then draft the next guy? Is that feasible? That yeah, well, that's what I'm saying. Sense.
0: See, I, my concern is that I don't know that George is a is a wide receiver one kind of guy. You know what I mean? I don't know that he's really he's really shown that yet, you know? Because I was thinking the same thing the other day. I was like, well, why don't we just, you know, do this, this, and this? And I'm like, well, I don't know that they have an, a wide receiver one on the team necessarily. I've sort of always looked at Deontay Johnson, you know, as that, you know, but – um I don't know. Yeah, they would definitely have to have some kind of... I don't think that what they currently have on the team right now without Deontay Johnson is doable.
1: Yeah, no, because we saw how big of a difference Pat Fryermuth made, and we can get into this game a little bit as well. But the Steelers Mm -hmm. gaining 421 yards of offense, Allison. They only score 16 points, so I'd be way more excited (laughs) if they could score. They still can't score. Uh, And and the first half was about as frustrating as it's been, right, punt? field goal, I mean, sorry, punt, yeah. fumble, fumble, the the Deontay fumble. Um, we blame it on Deontay, not even Jalen Warren. <laughs> it's funny how that works well, out, Yeah, you know? exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but the first half goes punt, fumble, field goal, punt, 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 and you're trailing 7-3 to Jake Browning in the Bengals at the break. It was like, oh, God. Uh, but right. I thought, you know, the defense sparked you once again. That was, you know, Trenton Thompson, I mean – how about the Steelers and their practice squad depth? You know, they just bring these guys in. They make plays. Uh, Trenton Thompson with the interception in the red zone kind of sparks you. The Steelers then went on, I thought, one of their best drives of the year. 14 plays, 79 yards. They only really had one negative play. It was a negative two-yard sack, but that still left you with a third and six that Pickett was able to pick up on a on a throw to Friar Muth. He was catching balls all day. There wasn't a ton of chunk plays, Allison, but the Steelers had 22 first downs in the game. 22 first downs. Pittsburgh entered the game 30th in football with an average of 16 and a half first downs per game. So 22 is like, that's where the top offenses in the league average. They average around the Eagles average 22.7 per game. They're number one, the bills right behind them, 22.6. So 22 first downs is up there with a real NFL offense, which the Steelers have not been to this point. Uh, And they, they scored points and they sustained drives. They actually scored on all three of their drives in the second half. So the question is, uh, What clicked better in this game? Something clicked better. They gained more yards. They sustained more drives. They got more first downs, Allison. What clicked with Mike Sullivan in there calling the plays and Eddie Faulkner coordinating the offense?
0: The prior mute thing was huge, you know, getting him back. um, It seems like, obviously, the whole Matt Canada thing. And, and And it sort of showed, like, on the first play of the game. It was almost like, in your face, Matt Canada! we're going to throw to the middle of the field,
1: yep. <laughs> you know what yep. I mean? It's like, like day. that's what it's all been day. all
0: week in terms of, yeah. And it was just like, you know, and the whole joke all this week is, Oh, the middle of the field. What is that? You know what I mean? We're seeing all this grass. What, are, you know, what is it that we're seeing? I don't even understand. So it was almost like, you know, the whole Matt Canada thing. Like I'm not a big fan, you know, of Matt Canada, but I sort of feel like the timing of his firing was kind of interesting you know, given the remaining schedule, I feel like his, you know, their coordination of the game, you know, the, the, the Faulkner and, and Sullivan really seem to help, but they still have to score points and they, to, to remain competitive, and they, they really haven't, they really haven't done that, which is unfortunate. But I, th- I think that they'll have a chance to get it together because, you know, for their final six games, come against defenses that are allowing like 350 yards plus a game. Only new England and Baltimore will be their first true tests. You know what I mean? As a, as an offense, because Cincinnati, you look at Cincinnati and they're, they're allowing a, a whopping 390 yards per game. You know, the only team worse than them is the chargers. So, and looking at their upcoming opponent, the Cardinals, they're giving up 360 per game. So, and, and Matt Stafford, you know, um, when they played the Rams last week, blasted Arizona's defense for 457 yards um and five touchdowns. So, you know, I think it's going to be interesting to see if, you know, can the can the Steelers do something like that? No. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like no.
1: <laughs> I don't think so. Either. You know,
0: Rome wasn't built in a day. The offense, they're still trying to build in some wrinkles and and everything's still kind of coming together. I don't think we really expected the offense to change all that dramatically, you know, in the five days after firing him. But I think we'll see little by little, week by week. um, Kenny, Kenny, hopefully getting more comfortable with, with what's going with the changes.
1: Yeah. um, I I think the biggest thing I noticed was third and more manageable, right? There was a lot more Mm -hmm. third and four, Mm -hmm. third and five, Um, you know, instead of having, you know, with the old Canada offense, like one yard run on first down incomplete short pass, third and nine that was like where the Steelers lived or negative play third and 12 you know it's just like over and over there was a lot of third and four third and five third and six in this game uh Mm -hmm. which which obviously helps obviously helps so um pretty good stuff it got better can it you know can it get can it continue to get better against the Cardinals as Allison just alluded to let's get into that game here coming up next first we got some fantasy advice coming at you from the huddle.com
2: Corey Bonini of TheHuddle.com here to bring you fantasy football strong plays for week number 13. Quarterback Russell Wilson, Denver Broncos at Houston Texans. Wilson ran a season high 11 times in week 12 and he gets to take on a Texans defense that is allowing 20.8 fantasy points per game over the last four weeks. A quarterback has gone for at least 25 fantasy points in three straight against this defense and six of the last seven contests have resulted in 21 or more fantasy points for the position. With six teams on bye, Wilson should be a fine play. Running back Ezekiel Elliott, New England Patriots versus Los Angeles Chargers. This one is short and sweet. Zeke is a reasonable flyer for a cheap touchdown against a feeble run defense in a week in which a half dozen franchises are on by. In the last five weeks, only four teams have given up a touchdown at a higher rate than the Chargers. Wide receiver Jahan Dotson versus the Miami Dolphins. Commanders receiver Terry McLaurin has posted one fantasy-relevant day in the last five weeks and we've seen Dotson rise in that time. The second-year receiver has a goose egg in that stretch, which cannot be overlooked, but he went for at least 10 PPR points in the other four outings, scoring three touchdowns along the way. The Dolphins have given up generally neutral numbers to the position in that same time frame, but we're looking at the seventh weakest defense at limiting wide receiver scores in relation to receptions, which was the 11th most allowed since week seven. Plus, there's a strong likelihood Washington will be forced to heave the ball all day long to keep pace. Titan Dalton Schultz, Houston Texans, versus Denver Broncos. Schultz has scored twice in the last five weeks, and his returns have been erratic, posting anything from 1.2 fantasy points all the way up to 29 in PPR scoring. The veteran's worst day with a target in 2023 came in week 12. Denver has allowed Titans to run wild in the last five weeks. This is the second best matchup in both primary fantasy scoring systems, and all of the key fantasy metrics for scoring fall inside the top 10 in that span. Expect a big day from the former Dallas Cowboys. For more award-winning fantasy football news, tips, and advice, please be sure to check out thehuddle.com.
1: All right, we're back. The Steelers now 7-4, and four, somehow. 7-4, <laughs> and four. what a record. Uh, <laughs> sitting firmly in fifth in the AFC playoff picture. They're preparing to host the 2-10 and 10 Arizona Cardinals. Uh, you got a leadoff thought on the matchup, Allison. You kind of alluded to it there early before the break that the Cardinals' defense is not good. It hasn't been good all year, I think, over the last month, especially, it has not been good. Right, they've had a lot of injuries, especially uh, in the second level injuries to their linebackers. I think they got some good safeties that can get you if you throw one up there, but their linebackers are bad. The Steelers, I would imagine, would be able to run it at them a little bit in this game. So, any leadoff thoughts on the matchup before I dive into it?
0: The fact that Cam Hayward's back, I think, is is huge, and because you mentioned the run game, and uh, you know, prior to his return, they were giving up just 118 yards they were giving up 118 yards per game to runners. And the last three since his return, just 79. So you look at Joe Mixon's stat line, and he has 16 yards rushing on Sunday, just two yards per carry, which, you know, has to be a career low. So in terms of defending James Conner, you know, former Steeler and Kyler Murray, I sort of feel like they're going to be able to, you know, to, to, I think they'll be able to contain Kyler Murray. And I think they'll be able to limit James Conner. That's kind of my take on that.
1: Okay, I love it. And, and we got more on James Conner here coming up. The, the possible revenge game, um, we'll have to see. But let's talk about the spread a little bit. I want to preface this, Allison, by saying I, the Steelers are the better football team here. Even though I don't, I don't think they're a really a 7-4 and four team, I think there's a little bit of luck involved. I think there's a lot of luck involved there. Mm-hmm. They've had some lucky yes. wins, obviously. I think they're closer to a 500 team, but they're 7-4, and, and and that's their record. I think they're a better football team than the Cardinals. I think they'll win it. I just look at the spread. It it opened at six, I believe. It was six. It's now down to five and a half. Uh, And for Kenny Pickett, that's a very big number for him to cover. right? So I'm not surprised the numbers slid from six to five and a half in Arizona's favor, even though Arizona's not a good football team. Uh, A a lot of people fade this in the sports betting world. A lot of people fade Kenny Pickett in the Steelers and fade Matt Canada uh, because... Of luck, yeah, they've been among, among the luckiest teams of football, if not the luckiest team this year. When you type all their, I'm not smart enough for this, but when you type all <laughs> the numbers into the supercomputer, it doesn't spit out seven wins in eleven games. You know what I mean? It, that's just not what the number comes out of. So the Steelers have been a bit of an anomaly. Uh, so what do you think? What's your kind of take on the spread? I would actually say I think the Steelers win, but I could see them winning something like 17, 13, 17, 14, a game like that. I don't think they're going to light up the bo- the scoreboard. And I think Arizona, while I think the Steelers will win the ball game, I don't know if they're covering five and a half points. That's a that's a lot of faith to putting Kenny Pickett in this offense that just has not proven they can score even against, you know, kind of piss poor defenses. So my lean is Arizona. What's yours? I
0: don't really see them. Yeah, I agree with you. I don't really see them, you know, putting up a bunch of points um, over the Cardinals, even though their defense isn't. You know, isn't all that great. It's just, it's just not ready. Yet. Even though it's the second half of the season, and there's only six games left, you know, they're still building on their identity. You know what I mean? And and I think it could be. uh, I think it's going to be a close game. Yeah.
1: To yep. Answer your question. Yep. <laughs> I'm with you on that. I'm with you on that. We'll see if the Cardinals get some of their guys back. Michael Wilson's pretty good rookie wide receiver. He's been banged up. I'm not sure if he's going to play, uh, but they're a little tight end there. Uh, spacing his name right now McBride's pretty good and you know Kyler Murray's back he's got a few games under his belt I think this game could be interesting uh I just don't expect the Steelers to blow him out I just don't uh and you know to your point no I don't either yeah and and to your point earlier if mm -hmm. the if the Cardinals could run the ball with James Connor and Murray if if they could get things going with the legs uh I think Mm -hmm. I think this game stays very close I think Pittsburgh's best chance is to try to do what the Rams did you hit on this earlier the Rams jumped on him early and made Kyler Murray pass. Right. And if you could make Arizona try to beat you through the air, I think you got a great chance. But if you can, if the game's going to be close and the Steelers aren't going to put points on the board, which we're, we're used to here, uh, and it's a kind of a run the ball kind of game and, and Arizona can get into that run game and kind of keep, it, keep that as part of their game plan, then I, keep, I think the game stays close, right? So can Pittsburgh freaking score some points and get out ahead like the Rams did to the Arizona last week? I would have put my money on it.
0: Yeah. 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 I mean, that's the thing. So it looked like they were, it was promising versus the Bengals, you know, until they, you know, they ended up just going, you know, on the first drive coming away with three points. But I think the key, you know, is, is limiting Kyler Murray. I mean, he's so Kyler actually, I was like, wow, it's been so long since these two teams have played each other, but Kyler Murray actually faced them once. It was his rookie season. He threw for 194 yards and two touchdowns, but he was picked off three times and sacked five times. And he only ran the ball six times for two yards. (laughs) So, like, that's really difficult, right? To run the ball six times for two yards? Like, that's crazy. And and like I said, it's been a long time, but I think Pittsburgh's defense is one of the best in the league versus mobile quarterbacks. And I don't think that they're going to have – I don't – I don't feel like they'll have any issues containing Murray or James Conner for that for that matter.
1: Okay, so you're not fearing the James Conner revenge game. I think, you know, no. I, I remember. I do remember. I, I went back a little bit. I was like, man, James Conner. I mean, he, he was a good story because he kind of just came in for uh, Le'Veon Bell, right? He was their like you know, mm-hmm. their succession plan, I guess, when Le'Veon Bell held out, and Conner did a, an admirable job. But you know it's usually smart business in the NFL. Your your running back comes up for a second contract. You decide, no, thank you. We'll we'll bring in, uh, you know, a Jalen Warren type and see if he can work out, and he'll be fine. You know, uh, we'll go to the mm-hmm. draft. Uh, so you know you, you can't fault the Steelers for the business there letting Conner walk, but he did have an eighteen touchdown season his first year with Arizona, which is wild. I remember I remember thinking at the time, Allison, like, whew. Are the Steelers regretting this right now? I don't think they are. You know, I don't think they did. But Connor had yeah. a hell of a season with Arizona, and he gets some money for it.
0: Right. Yeah, yeah. Same here. When he – his first season in Arizona, I was like, holy – you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, wow. A, it, <laughs> you know a, what I mean? Like, yeah, I felt like Pittsburgh's got to be really, like, big time regretting this. But, you know, this season hasn't been all that great for him. You know, he's only had, you know – one game over hundred yards and that was versus the giants. You know what I mean? And they, they, you know, they still ended up losing that game somehow. How did that even happen? Um, yeah, the last few, you know, he hasn't had really great, a really great season so far this year. So, um, you do, you do want to factor in that, that revenge portion, like you said, you know what I mean? Like maybe that'll, you know, um, get him a little bit more yards than he's been getting lately, but I just, I don't really see it. I don't really see it happening.
1: All right. So Steelers Cardinals, it's another spot. The Steelers should be able to handle another spot where we're not sure we can trust them. It's just
0: (laughs) right. Yeah. It's the the offense that I'm still, you know, as excited as we, as excited as we all are, I'm still concerned about, I still have concerns about the offense. It's mainly Kenny. You know what I mean? Like, he's he shown improvement, but, you know, he still missed the mark. You know what I mean? And he never scored through the air. He's still struggling to find open receivers, handling pressure in the pocket and stepping into the throws. So that it, that his inability to, do, to, to, to really master those, those things have, have really limited their scoring opportunities. And, and even with Canada gone, that's something that continued at least in his first game without him. And I just don't know that a new scheme is going to fix that. You know, like maybe he just needs to get more comfortable with his coordinators, and that'll make him more comfortable as a more comfortable as a passer. But I don't necessarily think it's it's because Canada's gone. You know what I mean? That he's going to just you know start lighting up the scoreboard.
1: (laughs) Yeah, no, I mean, I mean, was it was it Matt Canada's fault that Pickett struggles to throw accurate passes from a clean pocket? You know what I mean, like he, oh, right. he misses no. guys from the clean pocket. never mind when he's pressured. and it gets really bad then. but like even from a clean pocket right. he struggles. So um, I'm wondering if he's gonna take the glove off one of these days. if he just takes that glove off, maybe maybe it'll get a little more accurate. I can't stand the two gloves. yeah I mean,
0: it's interesting. yeah, it's definitely interesting, you know, the whole it just kind of goes back to the whole small hands thing. Yeah. you know what I mean maybe he just feels. Better without it.
1: And, I guess. I take the or damn,
0: better wearing it, rather. Take
1: the damn glove off, know. Kenny. What are you doing? Take the
0: glove off. Right. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Let's <laughs> see what you can do without the glove, Kenny. Come would, on.
1: I'd like to just see it, you know? <laughs> Save the glove for bad right? weather, maybe, yeah. but take that thing off in, in, in good conditions. Anyway, uh-huh. that's just, that's just right. a personal thing. I, I just I can't stand it. Yeah. That. Uh, right. You working on anything else right now for Steelers Wire? I know you brought this to my attention, the Ryan Chazier news. I, I did, hadn't even seen yes. it until this morning, but oh his wife gosh. was posting some some stuff she wanted the world to know ryan shazier not as good a guy as we might have thought
0: right which is really disappointing because yeah you just think of ryan as like this wholesome guy and and you know we saw you know i feel like we saw more of him as a person you know after his injury than we did as a person when he was playing for the team but it's like ah so like my heart just sank. Because it's like, what, a, like, how disappointing is that? Like, I'm not one to really get into the whole, like, you know, I'm not a big fan of what his wife did, you know what I mean, at all. <laughs> but also, I'm not a big fan of what he's doing. But apparently, they're separated, you know. He came out and said, you know, they've been they've been living apart, you know what I mean, and they're separated for a while. Mm-hmm. Not that that makes, you know, what he's doing any better, but it's just, it's really disappointing because you, you would – considering everything that she's done for him in terms of the fact that like he might not be able to walk again you know what i mean like back in the day my goodness like she's just stuck through him through everything and and it's just disappointing to see that he would go and kind of do something like that
1: yeah i don't know i don't really have a firm take on this i agree with you like the wife putting him on blast it's like oh okay that's that's tough, but I would also say like Ryan mm-hmm. Shazir, man, we we all rooted for him. Like he was supposed to be different, right. and then if this is if this is true, it's, it sounds like it is. Mm-hmm. Like infide- you know, we're talking mm-hmm. about infidelity here, uh, cheating on your wife, whatever you want to call it. Uh, even if it is a special situation, I don't know. Uh, it's just like, oh man, you were you were different. You were someone we rooted for, we looked up to, and now you're going to be a cliche. You know, I mean? like that's that's right. what would disappoint me the most.
0: Hmm. Yeah, yeah. It's definitely a, you know, it definitely puts a, puts a mark on what seems to be, like you said, you know, he's a, he seems like a really good guy. And what's kind of really sad about the whole situation is now everybody's, you know, making fun of Ryan and his, uh, you know, the whole disability thing. You know what I mean? That all you see all these memes of him in a wheelchair, and then he sees a hot chick, and he gets out of the wheelchair, and he starts dancing. And he, you know what I mean? So it's like, ah, like I know it's it's not like it just happened yesterday or anything, but it's like, oh man, now everybody's bringing this up, and yeah. you yeah. know, it just and it's Ryan's so much better. Like we never, even, you know, there was a question of whether he might even be able to walk again you know, so, but it's it still, it's, it's just like, Oh my goodness. Like this is just shining a light on so many bad things right now.
1: <laughs> yeah. The, the internet, the internet will do, right. the oh, internet yeah. will Good do times. what it does. All right. So I think you're letting right. TMZ do the Ryan Chazier stuff. I, I don't think Steelers wires be really uh-huh. jumping onto that one. And uh,
0: right. Yes. Exactly, bless you guys. Yes. I, would, yes.
1: I, I would do the same thing. Um, anything you are working mm-hmm. on that, that folks should be looking out for this week leading up to the Cardinals game. Allison, yeah, what's yeah. going on?
0: just working on some pieces on the run game and because I think that's going to be a big focus of the Steelers offense, um, this week. I mean, it, it, it's definitely, you know, the run games turned around, you know, the, the past few weeks, thankfully, but, um, the ground game's so much more effective now. And I think a big reason for that is Broderick Jones. So I'm sort of writing about Broderick Jones. He said today, you know, that he's a, he's a very, he's taking a very humble approach to, um, the ground success since he's been a starter, you know what I mean? Like it's not a, even though everybody knows it's, it's not coincidence, you know what I mean? Like you just think yeah. it is. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so I'm writing about that. I'm just writing about Jalen, uh, Jalen Warren and Najee Harris kind of having big, both big games. You know what I mean? Like if you guys are listening and you're fantasy players, you could start, both. I have both of them and I'm yeah. starting both of them.
1: Okay. All right. I, like <laughs> I mean, it.
0: I'm a homer, don't get me wrong. But I feel like it's gonna. They're both gonna have really big games this week.
1: And I feel like a lot of people could have bought low on Najee Harris maybe at their fantasy trade deadlines. You know, like he was a guy mm-hmm. that you could probably get for not for not too mm-hmm. much. And you know, if he starts producing like a like a legit number one running back now, like he kind of did, and he kind of showed he could do, or reminded us mm-hmm. he could do uh, last week against the Bengals. Then yeah, no, I'm I'm all for it. I like it. I like right. it a lot.
0: Yeah, yeah, me too. And again, it's one of those things where. Next week for me, anyway, a week, uh, whatever week that is. Let's see, 14? Oh, New England, yes, week England. fourteen is gonna be the real test, I think, for for Naj, for for everybody, you know, because New England's New England's um, considerably better. It's gonna be their best defense that they're gonna be facing um, since Matt Canada has been gone, and probably since maybe Baltimore um, in terms of defenses. So. Um, I'd like to see them be able to still put up 400 yards, you know what I mean, against defenses that are that are maybe tougher. Because it's really only New England and Baltimore in the remaining six games that are going to be, um, you know, harder to go up against, you know, defensively.
1: Well, well as a Patriots fan... I do appreciate you saying nice things about the Patriots. You've done it a couple times uh-huh. now on the show. Allison, right. I would never, I will never say anything that they are terrible this year. The Patriots They're they're good on defense. I'll give you, I mean, yes, they're good on defense. Right. That's
0: their highlight, right? Yeah, they're, they're, but they are
1: <laughs> a freaking disaster on offense and special teams. They are. Disaster. Disaster. Yeah. yeah, They might have, they yeah. might not win another game all season, including the Pittsburgh game. There's no way right. I'm taking the Patriots in that one. But again, I am a heartbroken yeah. fan this year. Uh, they might. End yeah, up I'm, catching, I'm
0: thankful for the Patriots. They might because catch the Panthers. Of their terribleness
1: <laughs> bad. on
0: offense, because it's like, okay, well, you know, here you have the Steelers, but hey, you always have the Patriots in terms of you know being really bad offensively.
1: Oh God, you're never going to be <laughs> as bad as that. I promise you. Oh, no, geez, I sweet. hope not. They are. They are. I mean, that Giants game last week was a new. That, that was something new. Coming off a bye, no less.
0: Yeah. Wow. Wow.
1: Ugly. That's all I can say. It's ugly. So, yeah. We'll, <laughs> yes, it was ugly. We'll have to get in the Steelers uh, Patriots next week. <laughs> but uh, in the meantime, check out Allison on the Steelers Wire. She's always got great stuff. Uh, the whole crew does a great job. Kurt Popejoy as well. Uh, they got you covered leading up to kickoff and beyond. Uh, in terms of the podcast, again, rate, review, subscribe, all that good stuff. We appreciate you. We will catch you next week.